Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film, life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend all the way in Brisbane, Taylor Clements. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, sleepy, but that's just my personality trait these days. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that like, is that due to insomnia or just like... Um, I, I work in a cafe. Um, I'm, a, I'm a barista, so I'm up early all the time. And it's not really getting up early that um, makes me tired. I just do a lot of driving. I kind of live yeah. in the middle of nowhere. So it's it's the travel that kind of takes it out of you. Yeah. Are you addicted to coffee now, though? Look, I was. Um, I, had to, <laughs> I had to really dial it back and not rely on it to live. It, yeah. um, it, it took a while. I actually went like a solid few months without having coffee to really just cleanse myself. But um, I try and stick to one a day these days and I try and not have it until after 9am. I like to, you know, naturally wake up with, you know, all the body endorphins and stuff. I don't know. And apparently it's good for you. And then after 9am, I'll have my coffee to, you know, just, just because I enjoy coffee and just to give me that bit of a kick. How good is coffee? Especially mm. like, um, although probably not at weird hours, in which case it does horrible things to your body. <laughs> it's dry, like, it, you should never have it if you're actually tired mm. and you need a nap. Yeah. Because people who do it, then it just makes you feel ill. It's like forcing your body against its will. Yeah. But I've actually heard that the best time to nap is directly after a coffee. So you have your coffee, you pretty much have to fall asleep straight away, have your little 20-minute power nap, and then by the time you wake up, the coffee has kicked in and you just you feel refreshed. I mean, I don't know anyone who can just fall asleep like that. Um, I feel like they are psychopaths, but if you can, that is the best time to have your nap straight yeah. after a coffee. That's, that's incredible that that's an option because... Fuck, I couldn't do that. Like, <laughs> Neither can I. It takes me like four hours to just fall asleep. Yeah. It's just like with, with, with my eyes shut, just, you know, telling myself, all right, time for bed, time for bed, time to yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah, time, time to sleep. Yeah, that, that's when my brain decides to go on little journeys and think about everything I've done in the past 23 years. So. Oh, my. <laughs> do you have an existential crisis when you go to sleep? Yeah, Is that what you're saying? Every night. It's, it's <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's me every time I wake up. Um, <laughs> just living in general. It's <laughs> just an existential crisis. Every waking moment, I'm like, dear <laughs> fucking God. The Here last we go. 30 years. Yeah. Um, I, so for the people, the wonderful people of the internet who don't know who you are, tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. <sighs> okay. Where do I start? <laughs> um, so I'm Taylor. I'm currently 23. I am an actor, aspiring actor, um, creative. I, I'm a barista, so I to make money, I make coffees for people uh, because acting is a very tough industry to mm. break into. Um, it's been better recently, which is weird during COVID. Uh, a lot of stuff has been coming up to Queensland, which has been great for us little Queensland actors up here. Yeah. Um, but I've wanted to act forever, ever since I was a little kid. Um, I have always just been really loud and need attention on me at all times. So, you know, what better profession than to be an actor where everyone's staring at you all the time? It's uh, it's 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 funny because it's anxiety-inducing to have everyone stare at you, but I also love it. It's, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to explain it. But um, no, yeah, I love it. I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. It's um, to be to be able to 
become a character to be able to like engulf myself in someone else and think about how that person would go through certain experiences and how Mm. that person thinks and like the psychology of it is so interesting to me and um to be able to I guess go to work and do something different every day is something that I want you know like I I could never do a nine to five job same thing all day every day it it, I think feel like it would drive me insane (laughs) so like the the fact that I get to you know be on set, go to work and do something different every day, be a different person every day. That's that's just what I love. Yeah. It's interesting because would you describe yourself, you always talk about anxiety, would you describe yourself as a very anxious person? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think everyone's got some sort of anxiety in them just at different extremes, I mm. guess. And I, and I think people can have good mental health days and bad mental health days, um, some better than others. And I definitely have my anxious days. Um, but overall, I think I, I wouldn't call myself an incredibly anxious person. Like I get anxious, but I wouldn't call myself an anxious person, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Like being anxious and being like an anxious person are very two, two very different things. Yeah. Um, I mean, like with with acting though, like you talk about like young you wanting all this attention and stuff, and then like searing it. Were you what were you like at school? Were you particularly like the popular kid, or were you very much like the <laughs> the the bullied one? Um, uh, actually, uh, well, during primary school, I was a nerd. I loved school. Um, when it was school holidays, I wanted to be back at school. I just, I don't know, something about the structure of it I really liked. Um, throughout high school, I definitely wasn't in the popular crowd. I kind of had my own group of friends. Um, we kind of did our own thing. Mm. Um, we, we, we weren't unpopular, but we weren't popular, if that makes sense. We were just kind of the middle kids, I guess. But um, in grade 12, I had a particularly bad year. Um, it was a lot to do with rumors and I guess the quote unquote popular kids um, creating those rumors and then just everyone automatically believing them because they were the popular kids and they have some sort of stance over everyone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my year 12 wasn't great. Everyone talks about missing school and I'm like, nah, I am so glad to be done with that. <laughs> um, which is unfortunate because I feel like school is a important part of life and I mean it I guess it was to me but I don't have many regrets yeah in my life I feel like things that have happened happened for a reason and I am who I am now because of what's happened like I've got very thick skin I don't usually put up with people's shit like if you if you wrong me that's it like I'm not I'm not going back on that you know you show your true colors and that that's it for me like I I'm a grudge holder. Um, some people would say that it's not good to hold grudges and it's bad for you. And it's, I mean, like, I, I don't sit here and dwell on it all day, yeah. every day, and it just boils up inside me. It's just, I just know what that person is like now, and I'm yeah. not going to go back there because you've shown me who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely 100% agree with that. I don't think anything wrong with like, cutting ties with people who have wronged you. Or is it, 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 it I agree, cr- true colors is just like, some people are shit. Mm. Um, like, yeah, I also like I didn't have a great experience at school. Like, school was absolutely shit for me. 
Um, and I loved the education. Like, it was similar to you. I love the education stuff. But, um, and, and ironically, I've lived always, like, when I moved out of home, I've lived within the vicinity of my three schools my entire life. And it's fucking awful. But <laughs> the areas are at least nice. But, I mean, honestly, just the fact that I know so many people who miss school. And I'm like, why? Yeah. I don't. There's nothing. I, I love like I always as a kid wanted to be an adult because you could do the fun things. You could do the things that all the adults did and, and get to be who you are. And I thought that was so much cooler because everyone was telling you how to dress and how to, you know, like I used to dye my hair and, you know, and be different and everyone like bullied me because I was different. So it was like I I never fitted into the popular group. Like I was never cool mm. or anything like that. And I think um, it's funny when I see people from like high school and primary school and they go, God, you've done, you've done really well for yourself. And like, <laughs> there's always like the thing that makes me go, ah, oh, yeah, that's right. You, you're surprised that you always thought I wouldn't like, yeah. that's always the thing, but who, who the fuck knows? Like, yeah. is it, was that for, for like you when you were young? Was that, was that like the thing when you left school that people went, oh, I didn't expect you to make it or stuff like that as an actor? Well, see, it's kind of one of my life goals to be super successful and happy with how my career has gone yeah. to kind of be like, well, look at where I am now. Like all yeah. you people in high school that didn't, you know, that thought I was weird or, you know, didn't think that acting was a real job and, you know, all this kind of stuff, like to just show them, you know, well, you know, where are you and where am I? You know what I mean? Mm. So it's just that kind of motivation, I guess, that I keep in the back of my mind. It's not like the only thing driving me, obviously. Like it doesn't, I, I don't care at the end of the day, but it's just that little thing in the back of my mind that's like, it would be cool to be successful just so I could be like, yeah, I told you, <laughs> you know? And like, I think also, yeah, there's a big, <laughs> I want to say the revenge tactic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is, there is a lot of that when I was, you know, like, I'm not also a very revenge person. Um, I've only ever had like two revenge scenarios where I was like, oh, that felt like revenge. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not a vindictive person. And I think, yeah, like, mm. I know I, it's with forgiving people. It's like I forgive people, but I, I definitely don't forget. Like, I think that's the thing is like, you know, people think forgiving means forgetting. Yeah. And it's like, no, I will never forget the bullshit that some people have done. And, you know, and if you do it again, we're done. Yeah. I, I tend to give people a couple of chances before I know that they're going to completely like, because if they fuck up twice, then I'm, I'm they're, they're dead to me. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but no, like, so you've done it, like, how long ago um, did acting start for you? Like, when did you start feeling like, you know, that was a career goal? Um, well, as I said, as a kid, I always kind of, like... You ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, it's, oh, an astronaut or, you know, yeah. a pilot. Uh, and I always said actor. But that never changed for me. Like people kind of grew up and then studied what they wanted to actually do for a job. But it was always acting. Mm. So when I was younger, I started off doing just drama classes, you know, weekly little, you know, drop-in drama type things. And we did end-of-year plays and um, throughout high school I did drama for all of the years that I was able to do it mm. and um, it was just, it was my favorite. Like I, you know, I would go to school for drama. I would just, you know, flick by all the other subjects and, you know, drama was my top kind of subject. 
And then um, as soon as I finished school, I was so keen to just get into working in the industry. Yeah. Um, so stuff like getting an agent and um, doing professional headshots and getting a showreel together and actually turning that dream and that study into like a reality of a career, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it's something I've always kind of wanted to do. I've never pictured myself doing anything else when, you know, people are like, oh, okay, so you want to do that, but like what's your backup or yeah. what are you going to do until that works? And it's like, well, I don't have a backup. I feel like if you've got a backup, then you're not putting 110% into the dream. Yeah. Like if, if you've got, you know, this side idea where you're like, oh, well, if that doesn't work out, I can always do this. Whereas I don't want that fallback because then I – there's the chance that I'll be like, oh, well, if that doesn't work out, I'll just go back to doing this. And I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to put 100% of me into acting and there is no failing. There is no chance it doesn't happen because I do not want to do anything else with my life. You yeah. Know? I mean, like, I, I think from, you know, also having seen your stuff, like, I know you're very good. <laughs> Thank you. I, like, did a whole bunch of, like, little secret research into you. And, like, <laughs> I looked at your showreels and stuff. And, and you're very talented, I think, you do. Thank you. But, like, was that a – is that something you also acknowledge or is it, or is it something you just realise it's also a lot of hard work that you just always know you put 110 into everything that you do? Um, It's definitely a lot of hard work. Um, I do – I do believe I am good at what I do and I feel like you have to believe that you are good at what you do because as soon as you go on set or you go on stage yeah. and you have a thought in your mind that I'm not good or this isn't good, it's yeah. just going to show. Like it, people are going to see that you're not confident in yourself. Yeah. Um, so, But I feel like it takes a lot of hard work to get to that stage as well. Um, like I've – because I've been doing this for so long and – even in the last five, six years since I've graduated school, I've been in constant classes and constant workshops. You know, I, I never went to, I guess, university or acting school, but I've done different acting short courses and stuff like that constantly. So I'm constantly practicing my acting. I'm constantly working on it. Um, and in the times where I've taken a break or I haven't been doing it weekly, you can definitely see the difference. And then I come back after, you know, maybe eight weeks off and I can feel that I'm not as confident in myself and in my abilities because I've stopped practicing. You know yeah. what I mean? So you just, it's something that you kind of have to constantly do in order to keep great. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I Look, I'm a workaholic, so I relate to that as well. <laughs> but I mean, like, you, you know, I automatically look at you and I think this is also just like a, a society view and a, a glazed view where it's like I you know I watched your show real I knew you had talent but I also like the, the funny thing was you dropped into my radar I knew about you a few years back like you know <laughs> believe me or not th this is strange like your name cropped up when I was about 27 28 or something like that it was about a couple of years ago and it just like floated through like um either star now or like you know, Instagram or something. And I looked you up and I was like, oh, you seem cool. One day we might connect and, you know, meet. And I was just like, looked at your stuff and I was like, oh, she has talent. Like, you know, obviously like, 
you know, there there isn't like a complete, you know, like some someone trying to make a dud career or something. It was like, no, you're actually working mm. hard and 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 doing the things you you do. But I think that you know, like Instagram and social media and the way like our industry in particular connects, we kind of know mutual people, and then we all connect through mutual people and then you know people reach out and everything like that but I think also the one thing is like do you worry that your career is defined by the way you look or by your talent because that that must be more nerve-wracking as a girl you know like than it is for most male actors it is a very um look-based career Mm. um as well which it, it is hard like you don't really know what to do. You don't, because I'm a natural blonde mm. and I dyed my hair a couple of years ago darker because I figured, well, there are so many blonde hair, blue eye, white girls trying to be an actor, you know, so I need something different. Um, what if I dye my hair darker? Maybe my eyes will pop more on screen. So that's just an example of, I guess, us having to think of new ways to be memorable. Yeah. Um, because, like, the first thing a casting director sees when they're given actors for a brief they've put out is their headshot. Yeah. So it's it's very looks-based in that way. So you're kind of like, oh, well, does she look right for the part or doesn't she? Yeah. You know, it, and it could even be down to something like, oh, she looks too much like the lead character. We need someone completely different or, you know, um, so it's it's so many things are out of your control, mm. um, which does make it very hard because you get a lot of doubt in your ability because you're like, well, how come I haven't got anything? How come I'm going for all these auditions yeah. and I haven't I haven't got one yet, you know? And so you sit there and you kind of think, am I not good? Am I not good enough? Is is my acting not as good as I thought it was? You know? So you kind of go through all these doubts, and you know, being an actor, you have to be so resilient and so used to rejection and you cannot take it personally because as I said it could be something as little as oh her nose is slightly too small Mm. or you know she's not tall enough or she's five kilos too light or too heavy so Mm. it could have nothing to do with your ability it could have nothing to do with anything else except some aspect of you physically is not right for that particular role yeah so one thing that you kind of always have to remember after an audition, if you don't get it, is that it's most likely not your acting ability. It's most likely something phys- like physical about yeah. you, which is so unfortunate, but in the same token, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's not really something you can change. As I said, like what should I do? Should I go back blonde and try that for a while? Should I, should I go red? You know, should I try and be more um, diverse in the way I look? Is it, you know, so there's so many things that kind of go through an actor's head of what can I do better? Why aren't I getting roles? How can I change myself? When really, I guess you just have to be a hundred percent yourself and then you will be like memorable for that. If that makes sense. And if you are lucky enough to get an audition or you are lucky enough to get in the room for an audition, you can show them that side of your personality and that's most likely to be more memorable than anything physical about you. Yeah. I I think that's very true is like, you know, and it's, and it's a little bit of like part of the industry that I hate, but it's, it's a hundred percent like the way it's just always been structured, um, based not always on skills and merit and just sometimes entirely based on 
you know, you look attractive, so therefore, or you fit the body type that we're after because, you know, blah, blah reasons. So, but I mean, like, I feel like that's also like such a, you know, a hard thing to gauge because when you go into an audition, like it's it's virtually impossible to know what they're going to ask you or... Yeah, 100%. I always find the thing is people compare themselves. Like when you... you I, I noticed something. So when people come into auditions, they, you know, they compare themselves to other actors or they go, these are my influencers. And I'm like, I don't want to know about, you know, great that your influencers are these, but I want to see you perform. Like I don't have any interest in like the influencers aspect. Like I, I want to know who you are. Yeah. And I feel like... Are you a very are you very genuine in and how you come across like in auditions or are you very or are you quite reserved on how you come across in audition processes? Um, I feel like I have no choice but to be a hundred percent me. I'm I'm not that cool that I can mask <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, so if I'm in the room, I'm already nervous. I'm already, you know, yeah. trying to think about my lines and, you know, what I'm doing. And so I feel like whoever walks into that space is 100% genuinely yeah. weirdo me, if you know what I mean. Like I just, I'm a pretty bubbly kind of hyper personality type person Mm. um so when i when i walk in a room i guess that's the first thing you see i mean unless i'm going for like a super serious role then i try and like play it cool when i walk in the room but like usually it'll it'll be 100 percent me um because as i said i feel like i'd want them to remember me based off not just my audition, but also who I am as a person. Yeah, that's that's really good that you come across as genuine because I've always gotten that from you from our messages and stuff that you're very like, you're very genuine on how you approach everything and just being like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's, let's do it. And um, you always sound very excited for things. Like I think I'm very throughout excited. <laughs> <laughs> you, our entire mess- text messages were just like, sending either emojis to each other or like reference. <laughs> yeah. I think I had like a random thought one day and I was like, hang on, can I change this? And, you know, I, I'm the type of, pet, of texter that gives you like 40 messages instead of one long yeah. message. And I don't know, I'm a, I'm a very excitable person and sometimes it's hard for me to act professional. And I'm like, okay, Taylor, you can't use an emoji in an email. Stop with the exclamation marks. Let's just be professional just, I, just once. <laughs> I loved that though because it was just like, oh, I'm going to get along with you. Like you sound great. Because I think it's like I get to a point where it's just like I get, you know, if someone else is, I kind of with my professionalism, I leave it until I know the other person is letting their guard down. And then I'm mm. like, okay, we're going to be you know, we're, we're comfortable at this point to kind of like either poke fun at each other yeah. or at least, you know, talk naturally and not be like, oh my God, you know, the, the guard is up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, in saying that though, I think also the thing that I get an impression from, you know, uh, your kind of like social media presence and everything is you do have a professional side, but it also like it's, have you ever felt like, because if you look at Taylor's, Instagram and social media it's very serious headshots like very serious like all stern looking and (laughs) and death stares and looking at you now it's just like smile and laughter and stuff and it's just sort of like the juxtaposition between like death stare serial killer versus like in person calm yeah (laughs) is is that quite jarring when you go into like auditions as well um look so I've actually got two Instagrams I have my 
<laughs> I've got my personal Instagram, um, which is on private. And that probably, I guess, has a lot more me on it. Um, and I've got my actor's Instagram, which is public. It's got a lot of my acting work, my headshots, my photo shoots, yeah. all that kind of thing. And I did that because I didn't think it was appropriate to have a photo of me and my dog and then a photo of like me on set next to each other, if you know what I mean. And I, I kind of wanted to separate those two um, and kind of because, as you said, there is a certain presence we do put out on social media as a professional um, career actor type thing um, and that I feel like would be it, – it, it's 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 easier to separate those because I would rather not have everyone, all these industry professionals following my personal page where I'm posting me getting drunk on a Saturday night on my stories, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's things like that where I'm kind of like, well, my acting one is for my acting, for my work, for my achievements, and then I've got my personal ones that, that my friends can follow and, you know, see my personal life and with the – um serious photos that you're referring to I whenever I do photo shoots for some reason it is just so much easier for me to be mad like like with, with my facial expressions I don't know what it is I have such like a strong serious face where I can look really mean and like my eyes do this thing and and I've done a few shoots and the photographer's been like all right Taylor, we're wearing a pretty pink dress. Let's be nice in these photos. Let's let's look friendly and approachable and pretty, okay? We've got a red outfit that you can be mean in later, but for these ones, let's just try and soften the face up a little bit. And I have to really focus on, you know, softening my cheekbones. It's really hard and I don't I don't know why I have such an issue because as you said, like right now I'm smiling and I'm all happy, but when the camera's out, I mean, I'm so awkward in photo shoots. I like put a moving camera on me and I'm fine. I can I can act, I can move, I can do my thing. But as soon as you have to take a photo of me, I have no idea what to do with my body. I have no idea where to put my arms, my hands, like my legs are weird. I stand in strange positions. So whenever I do a photo shoot, I need a really good photographer to literally tell me where to position my entire body. So I don't know what it is, but like the serious mean face is my go-to. I know I can do this and still look all right pose yeah. and that's why most of my instagram is just mean <laughs> i mean like <laughs> i just love that long answer too <laughs> as you said i'm a very excitable person and i love to talk so there you go yeah you do and i love it i love every element of this i mean like i feel like you know people have a lot of assumptions about you because you know obviously you're you know you you were blonde but you're a huge like fan of um you know like horror and and you know dark stuff aren't you like you wouldn't exactly look at you and be like yeah she likes morbid <laughs> shit and there you go like just keeping you guessing you are completely not by the books in terms of that i often say that if i looked like what my personality is i would not look like this um I I look like this because I'm an actor, okay? I I, I need I need I need to look like my headshots and it's too expensive to constantly get new ones. So I mean, I'm sure that if I wasn't an actor, I'd do crazy shit with my hair. Like I kinda wanna dye it green. Um I love heavy metal. Probably my favorite genre of music is metal. Um, it kind of started off with the more punky rock type stuff, like Fall Out Boy was my gateway band. I, I love Fall Out Boy. 
love Panic at the Disco. Then it kind of got more into Prima the Horizon and, you know, just a, a lot a lot heavier as the years have gone on. Yeah. And people kind of, like, when they first meet me, I mean, my, t- my name is Taylor. I look like this and I drive a Swift, you know, like I, I do not look like a hardcore bitch, you know what I mean? <laughs> so when people like pull up at a set of lights and I'm sitting there in my little blue Swift and I'm headbanging to some heavy shit, it just, I can't imagine what it looks like, you know what I mean? And especially when I was blonde because that just, that's just the ultimate innocent little girl, you know what I mean? And yeah. I just... I, I feel like, yeah, as you said, I, I'm into a lot of stuff that you wouldn't really look at me and be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I can see that she loves to sit alone at 3 a.m. in the dark and watch horror movies by herself. Like it it just, it's, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's strange, but I love it. And I kind of like that I'm not what people assume I yeah. am by by looking at me, you know. Um, I like having that kind of, oh, you, you, you like, you like scary music. Oh, I, I didn't expect that from you. And, you know, I, I, I kind of like having that surprise there. It means that I'm not what people think I am. And it's not like, I like that you can't judge a book by its cover. And I like being an example of that, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree with that. I think it was one of my favorite conversations when I asked you what kind of music you, you like listening to. And then you just straight away went, uh, like most, are, are you sure you want to answer like most people don't like what yeah, I like? Yeah, and you, I was like, you sent me a like you recommended me watch one of the videos, and I did, and I was like, this is aesthetically awesome, like, <laughs> uh, so cool. And I, yeah, I'm a huge horror fan. I love horror. I love. Um, I look up. I, I'm I'm weird and fucked up myself. <laughs> so like, I listen to true crime docos and stuff like that. So. There's a real sense of aesthetically, I find a lot of dark, twisted stuff really fascinating and morbid curiosity and all that. I'm also the type of person to sit up at 3 a.m. and watch a horror movie if I can and, and like, just scare myself shitless. But, but, you know, also I like just looking at people die in movies. For yeah, just, like, just, yeah, just, just the gore. Just, you know, I don't know. I, I have a love-hate relationship. I, I'll usually watch it with one eye closed. I'll be like, I don't want to <laughs> see it, but I kind of want to see it, but I can't see it fully, so I'm just going to half see it. And, and that's how I feel about it. <laughs> I I love your honesty of just like I want to see this, but I also don't. Um, are you also winning? Do you want to be in a horror? Look, I out of the things I've done, I've probably done the most horrors out of like my short films and things like that. Yeah, have mostly been horrors, and I mean, I love it. It's fun, and a lot of my friends are like, "Do you get scared when 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 when, when, when like you're filming?" And you know, and I'm like, "No," because I have a conversation with the zombie mid take. You know, like when when we called cut, I can talk to them, and like we're all friends, and so. It's um it's interesting for my friends to kind of not quite understand that I'm acting scared. Yeah. I'm not actually scared. Um but no, I I'd probably say my favorite genre to act in is comedy. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, "Oh, that's a surprise." I mean, everything um, everything is a surprise and I'm loving it uh, straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Just keeping you guessing. Um no, I love comedy. I like I love it. And I've always kind of had good comedic timing and I've always kind of been naturally decent at comedy, but I've actually just started a comedy class at um the warehouse workshop where I do most of my acting courses. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I absolutely love it. Like it is so interesting to see 
like the stuff that I'm already kind of doing, but just understanding why I'm doing it and the science behind it and why it's funny and why people react the way they do. And it's yeah. just so, yeah, like a comedy I feel is one of the hardest genres that you can master because it is like you're either funny or you're not, you know what I mean? And if yeah. you're not, then it's it's a disaster. It's a train wreck. Like it just, yeah. So I feel like that's such a hard one to kind of get right and I'm absolutely loving, you know, working on it and discovering why things are funny, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I definitely said that comedy is my favorite genre to act in, but, you know, like as far as watching movies and stuff, I love horrors, but I love action and I love rom-coms and I don't know, it really depends on the mood and like the time of year and I don't know, but it's, um, yeah. Do you, are you one of those people who likes to watch movies alone or with people? Um, if you watch a movie with me, don't speak. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I like to watch movies by myself. I actually just bought a huge ass TV. I love it so much. Uh -huh. Um, because moving home, I just had like the little 30-inch TV that I had growing up as a kid just like yeah. in the corner of my room and, you know, I'm trying to watch my shows and it's so far away from me and I can't see it. I'm like, you know what? I'm an actor. My homework is movies and TV. You know, I, I need I need a big quality TV that I can just sit here and enjoy. So I went out and I bought this huge 65-inch TV and it I would tell you, it looks absolutely ridiculous in my room. My mum, because I was out when it got delivered and she was home and, and she texts me and she was like, Taylor, what? That TV is ridiculous. What are you trying to turn your room into a cinema? That's insane. And I was like, yes, mum, I am. I am so happy with my TV. And like, yeah, we put it up. I had to like move everything else out of my room just to make it fit and it's so cool like I, I I sat on my tv and it told me to like hold the remote up to my chest and it calibrated the sound to my room like it's the coolest thing I think I've ever owned but sorry anyway what was my point about the tv <laughs> what was, how did we get there um what did you ask me no, oh, I, do I like to I, watch TV yeah. with people? Right, okay, <laughs> sorry. The answer is Clearly, not very I'm much. <laughs> I'm very passionate about my TV, so really it's just me and the TV when, I, when I'm watching movies. But um, no, so I will watch with someone as long as we're both on the same page about the silence and the enjoyment of the program. Um, when it comes to, like, Lord of the Rings, though, if I'm watching Lord of the Rings with you, I will quote the words as they come on on the movie so like i i know most of 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 the script and if you've never seen it before and you're watching it with me for the first time i will pause it and give you fun facts throughout the entire thing and i feel like that's the only yeah, the only movie that I will speak during just because I'm so passionate about like Gandalf and Frodo and the ring. I, so I just really want to make sure you're getting the full experience. <laughs> I just love what how much I'm learning is you're a massive nerd. Underneath. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah, the reality's setting in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um like I yeah, I've got a sixty-five inch TV. Don't worry, I know, I know the blessings of it. It's so good, so good. Um, like I have it's best investment I've ever done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm a cinema person. I love going to the cinema. I love going to the movies. Um, I used to hate. I used to go to the movies alone as well. Like I used to go and 
purposely go and see movies alone because I didn't like seeing them with people always because people would like to comment and stuff. And I was like, nah, shut up. Mm. Like, I, I want to enjoy and immerse myself in this world. It's like a book. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I got obsessed with films and I have like a Blu-ray collection over there, which, you know, like everyone's like, oh, why do you still own DVDs and Blu-rays? I'm like, because you can't get them everywhere. Like some things are just unavailable. No, dude, it is different. Okay. I completely get it. All right. I'm the same with music. I Because, I, I mean, Spotify is a thing. Apple Music is a thing. You can just Google a song and then you've got it on your phone. But... I love to physically own the music. Like I want to hold it in my hands, you know, mm. and I, I've always been like this. So as I was a kid, like when I was a kid, I had this huge CD collection. I still do. Like I've got these shelves full of CDs in my room. And then when I got older and I had money, I could afford to buy, well, barely, they're very expensive, but I could afford to buy records. And so now I'm starting like a record collection and like people are like, that's so old. Like, why are you, you know, buying CDs and records? And I'm like, because I want to own the music. I want to show you that I love this band enough to hold their music in my hands. You know what I mean? It's the same with movies. Yeah. It's it's like, I've, I'm a massive um, fan of horror movies. I got my Marvel collection over there. I've got my Doctor Who collection. I got my science fiction collection. I've got like a whole list of movies that I've like watched over the years that you will probably not find on Netflix or Stan or any mm. like movie streaming platform. And then I've got my iTunes collection, which is films that I, I know were cheap as chips because like mm. if they're nine bucks on sale, I'm like, yeah, I'll get this because I wanted to watch it. But um, yeah, it's it's funny because like I also collect CDs and I... Uh, I think it's just like I collect books. I don't like having like, uh, you know, I don't like always everything being digital. Mm. I'm very anti-digital age progression move forward and it just freaks me out a little bit Yeah, where it's like everyone's like, oh, you could just, yeah, as you say, you could get this on Apple or Spotify and it's like, mm. why? Why would I when I could have it physically in my hands? Yeah. And show it off to me. Mm, no, I'm the same. And like, that's with everything. Like, I still use cash when I can. Um, I don't. And like, I feel like everyone should always have some cash on them because, I mean, I'm working in hospitality. Sometimes we have issues with our FPOS and it doesn't work. And it's yeah. like, well, you've I've just made you $15 worth of coffees. How are you going to pay for it if the FPOS is down? Like, I guess it's kind of our fault, but it's not really our fault. Like, it's the internet <laughs> and I don't control the internet. So, I just feel like you should have $15 on you so you can pay for the coffees. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's little things like that. And um, this whole... Having your, you have to have your phone on you all the time now because we're doing these check-ins. And like I understand it, but it's annoying. And now you sit down at a restaurant and you order on your phone and like you don't even have that interaction between you and the waiter anymore. Like no, you, you order on your phone and then you pay on your phone, which again is annoying because what if I've got no money in my account? I've just got the cash in my purse and now I have to like transfer money because <laughs> I don't have anything in my account. And I have to pay on my phone and it's annoying. And then the person just brings you your food and that's like the only human interaction you have. And you're losing the human interaction that you have with your family or your friends at the dinner table because you're all sitting there on your phones reading the menu instead of actually yeah. having a conversation. You know what I mean? And I just like it was always no phones at the, at the dinner table in my family growing up. And now phones have to be at the dinner table. Otherwise, you don't get dinner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's... <sighs> And it's just like, it's insane the amount of technology that we consume. And I feel like people forget that life exists. Mm. It's like life goes on around them and they forget that. And I think I think the thing that I've taken out of this pandemic is 
like especially that a lot of people still take things for granted like a lot of people haven't learnt throughout the two years that have had happened and some people just pretend that uh, they haven't learnt anything or about human behaviour and like what the effect that it's had on businesses and the like and you know obviously like that whole aspect because I you know I know Brisbane wasn't well like Queensland wasn't as well hit um, as like the rest of New South Wales and Victoria were like, did you feel much of a, a, a repercussion in the last two years for it, for your work as well? Um, well, my, when COVID first hit, I actually left my last job at the end of 2019 and I went to the UK for a few weeks with my family, which was great because my family are from Scotland. So we went and visited them and then we actually got back just in time before COVID really took off. So we got really lucky there, um, but I didn't have a job because I left my job in December of 2019. And so then I was like, all right, because my plan was to come back in a new job, you know, new year, new life. And so I came back and then COVID hit and I couldn't get a job. No one was hiring because everyone was closing down. And so, and because I didn't have a job when COVID hit, I didn't qualify for any of the government payments or the government help Mm, so I was one of those unlucky people that kind of fell through the cracks and it's you know it's it was not a very good system because I knew people that were not affected at all and they got 1500 extra every fortnight and I'm here like oh I'm unemployed with no money so (laughs) it was a bit stressful um but I when I did get a job um it was kind of towards the end of everything and we didn't, I mean, we didn't feel the effects as much, but it was still, you know, we couldn't operate at full capacity and, you know, we weren't very busy and, you know, they were struggling to keep their staff on and, yeah, you know, so, I mean, like, cause I work in a cafe, which is a small business, like it's just run by this husband and wife and, you know, like it's the small businesses, I guess, that were affected the most. Um, yeah. Because again, they weren't really like they kind of slid under the government's radar as well. So um, I think we're okay now and hopefully we're on the way out of everything. But I just want to travel, man. Like I miss concerts. I miss, oh, fuck yeah. I miss getting on a plane. Like you will see me at my absolute happiest when I'm at a concert. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm buzzed. We were lucky enough to go to the Big Pineapple Festival at the start of the year and I saw the Amity Affliction and they're one of my favourite bands and like all my other friends wanted to go see Peking Duck, which fair enough, like that's fine, but I, I, I did not want to see Peking Duck. I wanted to go and headbang and join a circle pit in Amity Affliction. So that's what I did and then I met up with my friends afterwards and man, I was buzzed I was ready to go run a marathon and they were all so tired they were like let's just get on the bus and go home and I'm like nah dude that was the best man I miss live music and it just really you know it just reminded me how much I miss live music like the thing that hit me the hardest I think out of all the cancellations that happened in the last two years was Fallout Boy, Green Day and Weezer were all meant to tour together in Australia. Yes. And I, they didn't even reschedule. They just gave me my money back. They were like, we're not coming. Here you go. And I was very upset. I mean, I, I know, like, I haven't seen live thing. I went to, the first time I went to anything live, like in terms of music was a friend's birthday and we saw them play. 
And it was just like, oh my God, I've missed just being in a room with people playing music mm. and oh my God. And it, it, this sense of just excitement and dancing again, I was like, fuck me, this has been way too long. Yeah. But like, Theo, we'll go back to, we'll go back to um, like acting and how you, mar- like how, how have you, with, with, within terms of like you marketing yourself though, because you got a website, was that your entire idea yourself? Yeah. So, um, I just wanted a platform where I had all of my details because when I'm sending away for auditions and stuff, I find I'm often having to link my Vimeo with my showreel, my headshots and all these different links. And yeah. I was like, look, I just want one place where everything is there. Like you've got all my connections, all my social medias, all my, you know, photo shoots and my reels and stuff. And it's all on that one page. Um, yeah, I just felt like it was an easy way to kind of showcase me in the one spot. What's your what's your opinions on like you know Star Now and and sites like that like when you're young? I mean Star Now has been great. Like I <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a hesitant. <laughs> no, I mean definitely starting out, it's so good to like jump on Star Now and get some you know short films that like unpaid stuff just to really I mean because. Whereas you don't want to be doing unpaid stuff forever. Um, yeah. It's definitely good when you're starting out to get experience so that when you do get that paid gig, you already know what it's like to be on a set. You already know what it's like to do a short film and that kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of like practice and they're usually really good. You know, um, they supply you food. Um, you get footage out of it and it's always good to have footage of yourself so you can cut it into a show reel or, you know, that kind of thing just to make it look like you are a professional worker, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, what's your opinion though on like paid gigs versus unpaid gigs? Are you still kind of like in that in-between stage where you're, you'll do both? Are you very much trying to avoid unpaid gigs? Um, I um, obviously would prefer paid gigs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm at, I guess I'm at a stage now where I'm very, very picky. Like if I'll usually not do unpaid gigs anymore if it takes time away from my paid job. Yeah. Um, like I can't take time off at the cafe where I'm getting money to go and do an unpaid gig. Cause I've kind of, ha- I've got that experience now, like back a few years ago, I would hundred percent do it, but now I know what it's like to be on a set. I know what it's like to make a short film. Like I don't need that practice as much anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'll be very picky on the unpaid stuff that I do and I'll only do it for a specific reason. Like if, you know, I'm working with someone doing an unpaid short film, but their next project is a feature film and I want in on it like I'll go and do that short film yeah to kind of make good and you know get to know everyone and just show them that I'm professional and I can do this and I'm a good actor just so I have that opportunity to be like hey put me in your feature you know so yeah like for certain reasons like that for sure um but generally I try and avoid them now um, and just, yeah, stick to the paid work. Like you can get so much paid extra work. You don't have to necessarily put it on your resume that you're doing extra work, but it's so good to just be on set getting paid and then not having that responsibility on you just so you can watch and learn, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. Have you, like with your experiences though on set, have you had really good experiences or like some dodgy experiences as well? Um, they've usually been pretty good. Um, definitely had some dodgy ones not gonna go too into that though um, but no like generally it's pretty good like um with these days you kind of you kind of have to have good a good environment and you know everything kind of has to run 
the way it's supposed to because it can cause serious issues if it doesn't. Yeah. So generally I've had pretty good experiences. Like there's, there's not a lot. What's the weirdest experience though you've had if you're a lot, if you want to share one? Um, one time I had to run away from a dude in a bear suit and <laughs> like, <laughs> and like roll down some dirt hills and stuff. That, that was fun. Um, that was a few years ago though. Um, uh, one of my favorites is now we're doing self tapes because we can't really get in the room because of COVID. And so I had a audition for a ad for Top Golf, mm. and because we're doing self tapes at home, I was at home by myself in my little actor's room with my lights set up, and I had to pretend to golf. Um, <laughs> Without holding anything. So I would like, I'm pretending to hold the golf club. I have to pretend to hit the ball, pretend it went really far and be really excited about how far the ball went, turn to all my pretend friends and be like, yeah, just see how far that went. Um, and then sit down, have a pretend drink with them and pretend to laugh and pretend I'm having a really good day. And me being alone in my room doing all of these things, I felt like a complete Muppet. You know, like it, I just, I was like, what am I doing with my life? How, what, how have I got, got to this? Like, this is, this is insane. And so, yeah, that was probably one of the strangest I felt about my life choices. <laughs> I love that that's like the image of you doing that alone in a room is actually quite hilarious. It, it, it was. Um, I mean, you would have loved to have seen it. Like, is there a video of you? Like, is the video still exist of you doing it? Of course it does. I had to send it through to these people and they had to watch me do this. It's, it's so mortifying. I mean, I'm sure I deleted it. Like, I, there's, <laughs> there's no way I would have ever wanted to watch it again. I did not show anyone else. But um, I did not get the job, by the way, just in case you were wondering. I'm <laughs> a top golf ad. Um, um, so clearly my pretend golf wasn't good enough, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> what's um What's the weirdest character you you feel like you wanted to play? Oh, what is, Actually, here's an interesting thing. What is a character you want to play? What is something that you really want to play as a person? Specifically, I don't really know. Like I, I have lots of different like characters that I've seen on TV shows and movies and be like, that would have been so good to play. Like I would love to play that. Like Zendaya in Euphoria, her character in that is absolutely insane and that would have been so good to play. I love Emma Stone in Easy A. Yeah. Like that is one of my favourite characters of all time. Seth Rogen doing anything. He's just so freaking funny. Like I would love to play – I'd love to be in a movie with Seth Rogen. Like, I'd just love to work alongside him and just do something like that. Like, that movie with him and Charlize Theron. What's it called? What's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Um, uh, oh, um, I know the one you're um, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, and I she's like the, the, the politics lady and he's like the writer. That uh, that would be so, like, I just, I love that movie. The dynamic there is amazing because she's so serious and he's just not. So, um, I don't know. I'd love to delve into some sort of psychotic character I think would be really <laughs> surprise surprise really interesting to kind of play like to be able to really under well not you would never really understand but to try and understand how those kind of characters work and think and be able to portray that would be really challenging I think but really fun um yeah 
But yeah, any sort of character like that. Like so, so like completely deranged, like a serial killer kind of deranged, or just like a manipulator, or like Heath Ledger's Joker. Right, I was about to say, I was like, are we going Joker Harley Quinn territory? Yeah, um, yeah. Because I feel like, are you one of those people who likes to look completely different when you're on set as well, or do you like sort of looking the same? Are you sort of wanting to really transform? Um, I think it's cool when you look different to what you are in real life. Mm. When I'm playing a character, depending on the character, like I like to use aspects of myself. Like if I'm obviously playing like a girl next door type character, there are a lot of things that I would bring from my real personality into that character. But if I was playing like a murderer, I don't think there's many aspects of myself that I could really put into that character. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I think it really depends on the character. Like playing, yeah, as I said, like playing a character that's completely different to my personality is really interesting because I pretty much have to change everything about myself. Yeah. But playing a character that has similarities to me, like I'm obviously not playing me, but I can include aspects of myself into that character. Yeah. I mean, what, what are what are three... What are three defining tropes that you have about yourself that you try, like, that you have about yourself that you're trying to incorporate into characters? I don't know. Like, as I said, it kind of depends on the character. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's really a hard question without knowing what specific character All right, like, like, base it I'll on. rephrase it as what are three tropes that you like about yourself or three aspects of yourself that you're, like, 100% like about yourself? <laughs> Getting deep here. Um, <laughs> hey, I never said these questions would be easy. Um, I like to have a pretty positive outlook on things. Um, I feel like life is what you make of it. So if you go into so a situation with a bad attitude, then it's going to be a bad situation. Yeah. So I feel like if you look at the bright side, like you look at the better side, you know, glass half full type scenario, then you just yeah. get a better like, viewpoint of life. Um, honesty, I think I'm not one for games. I'd rather just get things out on the table and be honest about it rather than, you know, beating around the bush and causing confusion and all that kind of stuff. Um, and just, as you said before, like being genuine yeah. like I don't want to hide any part of myself I'd rather just be me and if you don't like that then that's sucks for you I guess <laughs> like <laughs> sucks to be you I'm gonna keep doing me you know what yeah I mean like that that automatically just like makes you awesome comparatively to most people because <laughs> like I feel you know like most people to pretend and I think honesty is something that's overlooked. Uh, but also, like, like three things. So here's my angle. Three things that I've noticed already about you. Oh, here we go. Which is, yeah, yeah, the deep <laughs> shit. The deep fucking shit. Um, genuine is is one. Like, very genuine. Very, like, uh, I know I can completely read you like genuine, like everything that you present isn't like fictitious or anything like that. You can read it in the eyes and everything. Um, I think the second one is quite funny and dark and morbid. <laughs> so very, very morbid sense of humor. Cool. <laughs> and the third, probably kind. 
Would you have expected that? Um, I mean, I believe I am kind, but I didn't know that you would know that I was kind, like just through our little chat today. I don't know. Like, do I, do I, do I give off kind vibes? I don't. You do. <laughs> you do. It's <laughs> like, I, 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 do you find yourself as someone who's very good at reading people? I like to think so. Yeah. Okay. Here's your challenge. Three, three things you've noticed about me. Now it's your go. <sighs> Dear. <laughs> I'm throwing you curveballs. I think that you're someone that people often underestimate, but shouldn't. Oh, I like that. <laughs> um... I think you are very genuine also in your quirkiness um, and your, like, your personality, like the same sort of thing. You kind of just show who you are. There's no real hiding behind doors or anything with you. Yeah, none. Open book type scenario. And, yeah, I like just based off our chat, we're pretty similar in that like you're into weird shit. (laughs) (laughs) Such fucking weird shit. Um, But you're not afraid or embarrassed to be passionate about it. Yeah, I get that from you as well. Like I get you don't get embarrassed by weird shit that you like. You very embrace it. Because I feel like like – if you like it enough, why would you want to hide it? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I mean, it's it's absolutely true. And I feel like it's it's one of those things that, you know, like I used to be very self-insecure um, about it. Like I used to be like, oh, no one needs to know what I like and shit like that. I'm like, at the end of the day, I like weird, morbid crap. And like, I still have conversations with like my mom and she's like, why do you listen to true crime? And I'm like, it's, it's interesting. It's weird and interesting. And that's why I do it. Mm. Like... I watch horror and she's like, oh, that's scary. And I'm like, yeah, but it's interesting. Like, Mm. these are the things that interest me. They don't interest you. That's perfectly fine. But I don't think you should be afraid of liking anything. It's like, you know, I I, I just feel it's like I got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm 29, almost 30. And I was like, fuck me. Like, everyone's getting so paranoid about how they need to be in life. I was like, you know, it's better to be genuine and and nice and considerate and and who you are than it is to hide behind because it represents yourself better. Like, mm. if I had, uh, I don't know, if I had a PR, probably there would be a lot more filtering. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I completely represent myself, and that's been a blessing, and uh, like in a lot of ways. And it's sort of like, it's very much like I know who are worth keeping in my life and who aren't because there's just that very clear uh, know what I want who I am and what I'm going to be like. I also like that you mentioned the underestimated because I believe that's very true. <laughs> I I think people do. I also feel like, do people underestimate you? Because I kind of get a sense that people might underestimate your abilities. Um, I think so in a way, but also because, as you said earlier, I don't really showcase myself like what my personality is. Like yeah. I, I look a certain way and I act a certain way, but then I like all these different things. So I feel like that kind of adds to the fact that people can underestimate, you know, yeah. certain things about me. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, what if, if you were to give three things that not many people know about you, what would they be? That... Hmm. <laughs> um, um, uh, <laughs> Is that a too <laughs> difficult a question? Open, I'm a very open book. Um, no, three things people wouldn't necessarily know about me. Do you mean like 
people that know me or like people that would just kind of yeah people that know you like uh people from an outward perspective and in your personal life like what would things that people would overlook or not you know might not know about you um three random things that people might not know about me my favorite disney film is pocahontas and i have a pocahontas um ornament that goes to my christmas tree um i have had brain surgery Ooh. And I am so excited by birthdays that I will have your gift at least a month in advance. Okay. I love all three of those facts there. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I... <laughs> Hang on. But let's go back to the brain surgery because that one is <laughs> peaked to my interest. Um, why was that? Why did you have to have brain surgery? Um, Super long story short, I had a... <laughs> I had a tumor on my pituitary gland Ah. and it was creating too much cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So just imagine being stressed and then times it by like a million. And that was me. Um, It's called Cushing's disease. So um, it came with all these super not fun symptoms that pretty much changed me completely physically and mentally. Mm. Um, It took me a while to be diagnosed. No one really believed I had anything wrong with me. and then I finally got through to someone and I was like, please help me. Something is wrong. And then they were like, all right, let's do this. And then eventually they found something super weird with all my tests. They sent me for an MRI and they found a little seven millimeter tumor on my pituitary gland. And then three months after being diagnosed, they went up my nose and they pulled it out. Wow. They went up <laughs> your nose and pulled it out. Yeah, wild, hey? It's keyhole surgery. I was asleep and then I woke up with a really big headache. I can imagine when you have something sucked out of your head. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> my God. Like, I would have thought they would have, like, opened up your skull and stuff like that. But no, they did the keyhole surgery idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I'm like, that's a scar that you don't quite want to remember. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyone who's had, like, big, like, you know, brain surgery and stuff, it is, like, you know, it's better when you do because it's like obviously the brain is such an important integral part of your body. Mm. But it's it, that's interesting. Like that must have been very stressful, obviously, because it was <laughs> on your stress <laughs> Um Yeah, no, it was. Mm. It um, the most stressful part, I guess, was not knowing because, like, for ages, I went to like GPs, being like, "Something's wrong," mm. and they were like, "Nah." Nothing's wrong. You're just going through puberty. I'm like, bro, I'm 19. I think I'm finished. I'm done there. You know, it's you not sure about that. that? You're still going through puberty, I think. Yeah. So I guess that was frustrating. Um, I pretty much diagnosed myself. Like me and mom were just Googling my symptoms one day and then it came up with this thing called Cushing's. And then I went to a new GP. So I was like, nah, stuff you old GP not believing me. Um Went to my new GP, was like, look, I have all these things wrong with me. I know it's not right to Google your symptoms, but I've Googled it. This is what it says. Can we please just sort it out? And she was like, okay, let's send you for all these tests. Let's see how we go. And then I was actually on a cruise when I got a phone call randomly. I don't know how I got cell reception out in the middle of the ocean, but um, I got <laughs> I got a phone call and it was my GP. And she was like, you have to come in. Your tests are very weird. I'm like, can you tell me? And they were like, no, you have to come in. I'm like, bro, I'm on a cruise. You've just ruined my holiday. So um, I I came back, went in, and they were like, all right, well, we've found out that it's Cushing's, but we don't know if it's disease or 
if it's syndrome and uh-huh. Cushing's syndrome is when it comes from your adrenal glands and Cushing's disease is when it comes from your pituitary gland because it's a hormonal dysfunction. Interesting. Hmm. I didn't I didn't know there was even a difference. Yeah, well, I know I know a lot about the pituitary gland now. <laughs> never never used to, but I'm um, very educated. Do you have any siblings though? I have two younger brothers. How does that feel being the oldest? Um it's fine. Like I I don't know, I'm I'm getting older than them quicker, obviously. And like when my 20-year-old brother achieves achieves life goals that I haven't achieved yet, I'm like, "Oh, cool. <laughs> Good job." But uh, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but um, no, we live very different lives. Yeah. Um, like I don't regret mine at all. Like as I said, I'd rather, you know, travel, go to concerts. I pretty much work for those things and to be able to become an actor. Um, whereas my brothers have like different paths and we all have different lives. But I get along really well with both of them. They're both really cool. Yeah. Sometimes. Um <laughs> But uh, no, like I've, I'm pretty close to my family. I'm pretty lucky. That's great. I mean, like, how old are they in comparison to you? Like, are they? Um, Ethan's twenty, and Lincoln is thirteen. So there's a ten year age gap between me and Lincoln, and then two years, nine months between me and Ethan. Lincoln's a bub. Lincoln's a baby <laughs> in comparison. Yeah, he's he's still tiny. <laughs> still the baby of the family. But no, he uh he's got an attitude like the twenty year old, let me tell you. Oh really? Yeah. I think it's because he just wants to be like his brother, so the two of them are very similar. Oh my god. Do you like are you are you very different in personality type to them? Um, we're all pretty weird. <laughs> but That's good. A weird family. Yeah, but no, neither of them are into acting at all. Like, um, Lincoln had to do like a presentation the other day and he was absolutely mortified. Like, can't believe he had to do it. And, you know, I had to film him do this thing and it took so many times because he just he just couldn't do it and he doesn't understand why I, I enjoy doing this. Like, who wants to do this for a living? And, you know. So, um Yeah, we're all we're all pretty we're different, like with our aspirations and stuff and our, you know, but as far as personalities go, we're all, we all click pretty well. Yeah. No, that's the main thing is like, you know, like I, my brother's an anthropologist, doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like he just writes about facts of life and human mm. emotion, um, human aspects. And I guess the only thing is I do drama and like I do a bit of acting and, and weird stuff like that. So it's just like, I enjoy that. But that's my creative bone. And it's funny because my parent, my dad's a photographer and my mum's an academic. So it's like half my family are academics, half my family are creative. So it's like I get the best of both worlds. Like, yeah. Where it's like I enjoy everything. But um, definitely like I I feel like, yeah, it's it's interesting with like, um, because I'm the youngest. I'm the younger one of my brother and I. So um i feel like my parents when i wanted to get into acting that or like in into performing they had no idea what to do they were like you know what do we do with this so <laughs> i i feel like a lot of it was like i did i stopped acting like being you know and going behind the scenes stuff more when i was probably about 22 23 oh, yeah. and like like i love acting though i love performing but it's just like i i was worried about like m- not making enough money in it and mm. Um, it being like, is is that something you just walk straight through for yourself though? Do you just like, just believe in yourself to do it? I feel like you can't be an actor for the money. You can't go into acting thinking, yeah, I'm going to get super rich because <laughs> like, <laughs> Some people do. because if that's your only, like, if that's your main train of thought, then you're going to be severely disappointed. Yeah. Um, 
you have to be into acting because you love it. You have to be passionate about the work more than anything else. Like you can't go into it for any other reason except passion. And if you do have any other concerns or anything like that, like yourself, you know, you said that you didn't think you'd make enough money in it. I mean, that's fair enough. And like if you're not 110% there for it, mm. it just won't it just won't work, you know what I mean? Like you need to you need to dedicate a lifestyle to it, otherwise it just it's not going to it's, not, it's, it's just not for you, you know what I mean? And yeah. like a lot of people make that mistake. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll be an actor. I like drama. I'll make money doing that. And, you know, as soon as they don't make money, they're like, this is shit. I don't want to do this, you know? Yeah. Why the, why the why do they fucking bother? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also like the break in between gigs is something. Like, have you thought of like doing, you know, because it, were you predominantly in just wanting to do film acting or is it theatre as well and voice acting? Is that something that's taken your interest? Mostly screen. Um, I mean, I'll do theatre and I have done it in the past, but I mostly enjoy screen acting. But yeah, that's why I work in a cafe as a casual because the gap between each job like is so unpredictable. You need to have some sort of, yeah, you know, income between that. But I can't really get a full-time job because, you know, what if I need to leave to go do acting you know so yeah. that's why i kind of am committed to the casual life before we do wrap up though i want to like like where do you see yourself hopefully in the next 10 years where do you sort of see your trajectory going i'm hoping i mean there's no definition to success like it's a very broad term yeah. so when you say i want to be successful like that can mean so many different things to so many different people so i guess to me i would want to be Working regularly on screen. Yeah. Um, I've got my UK citizenship. So at some in subsage in the next <laughs> 10 years, I'd love to go over there and work for a bit. I'd love to, you know, try the theatre scene over there, try the acting scene over there. I've got family over there, so it wouldn't be too hard for me to kind of get settled in. And I don't know, I just, I just love to do as much as possible. Like I don't want to waste any more time. I just want to be proactive I want to be creative and I just want to feel like I'm doing something you know what yeah. I mean so I guess in the next 10 years I would like to have achieved you know little things like I want to do more films more tv I just I just want to you know feel productive in my creative side yeah absolutely and like I'm I know you'll have a solid career I can already see that happening because you're very talented. Thank you. And you're very hard work ethic. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I hope to like see you fly throughout the next like 10 years and hopefully like, you know, like be in London scene or be in the UK or do do basically whatever. Like, you know, just have a lot of different roles and different opportunities mm. in the insanity of this industry. <laughs> but can I just say Thank you so much for joining me. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I've never been on a podcast before. It was so lovely hearing from you. Um, now, Taylor, I will ask, where can people find you? Where can people stalk you on the internet? Okay. So my website is taylorclements.com and that's Taylor with an A-H. So T-A-Y-L-A-H Clements.com. Um, my acting Instagram is at taylorclements underscore. Um, I mean, if you want to, my personal one, it's Tay, just Tay Clements without the la. So it's a lot easier to spell my name. So Tay Clements <laughs> underscore. Um, 
Yeah, but mainly my face, my in website is the place to be. You can contact me through there with any inquiries or anything. But yeah, just just Google my name. I come up somewhere. I I'm sure. Go and stalk her and go and hire her. She's great. A wonderful, <laughs> give me wonderful work. human. Please give her work. She's a wonderful human being. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. No, no, thank you. And if you want to go and check out more episodes of the Things We Do podcast, you can check them out on Apple and Spotify. I'll be speaking with another guest next week and I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. 